Welcome to Conference Confessions. This is Jen. And this is Eva. We'd like to start with our disclaimer. We are not licensed experts in anything, just opinionated and curious. Sometimes what may come out of our mouths is offensive, but we come from a place of love and possible ignorance. Feel free to correct us in a polite manner, and we will address it. Ways to contact us? You can contact us on Gmail at Conference Confessions, or you can contact us on Instagram at Conference Confessions as well. So this week we are meeting with one of our transgender brothers and having a great conversation. We have with us today Roman. Hi, Roman. Hi. Tell us a little bit about yourself. I'm Roman. I'm 22. I have been out for about two years. I've got nine siblings. There's ten of us. How do you identify? I identify as male. I choose not to put trans in front of it a lot, but uh, I am a trans man, but really I'm just a guy. <laughs> so is there a personal reason you don't like to put trans in front of that? I think I started not putting trans in front of it because there's a point where when you do that, sometimes people will just choose to be like, oh, so you're different. But I am honest with people. So if people ask if they're like, so are you trans or what's going on? I'm like, yeah, I am. You know, just so that because like I don't want people to get the wrong idea and then be like, oh, that's not what I was expecting. <laughs> and things get awkward with us. <laughs> so when did you start feeling like you weren't in the right body? Is that um, a good way to put it? Yeah. So when I was, my earliest memory was when I was nine. I remember being outside just hanging out with my horses and I was like, um... I don't think I was born in the right body kind of conversation in my head. And I was like, mm, probably don't tell our parents about that. And we move on with our life. So did you grow up LDS in Utah or? Yeah, I've lived here my whole life. Okay. Um, so I'm assuming you don't practice Mormonism anymore. No, I believe like some of the core values, which is family. And and that doesn't have to be like your blood family. Like I just think like family is important to people you've chosen, the people that you live with or you love. Those are kind of the only things I hold on to I don't believe in the actual religion as a whole because it's just not it doesn't coincide with me well they came out pretty strong against yeah. transgender rights you said that you came out two years ago yeah about okay how did that go with your family being super LDS I came out on Christmas Eve I remember when I came out and it was just started kind of getting into like a little bicker moment and we were fighting about things and then my mom was like it's because you think you're a boy isn't it and I just couldn't stop myself from being like I don't think I'm a boy I am a boy and that didn't go well <laughs> And so my dad got really upset with me and he was just kind of like, you're dangerous and you need to leave. And so I did. Merry I, Christmas. Yeah. I don't have anywhere to go. Damn. Okay. So I went back out into the snow, called my friends. I didn't really know anyone else and I didn't have a lot of friends at the time. We've had a bit of a falling out since, but I still appreciate them for what they did for me. What about your siblings? How have they reacted to you since this? Like, are they accepting? Do they not really talk to you? My littlest sister. She's five now. She was three at the time. I came out, my parents said that they would use my chosen name, which at the time was Cameron. They taught all the kids to start calling me Cameron, and they were pretty good about it for the most part. Some of them would still call me my little nickname for my birth name, but most of them were getting it. My littlest sister, though, and from the moment they told her that my name was something else, she has never called me that other name since. Mm. And also, my dad was in the kitchen once when I lived at home still, and I was talking to him, he was making something, and he was trying to ask me what I wanted, and I do this thing now. I'll just ignore it until they use the right name. So I wasn't responding to my dad, and he kept asking me. Well, and it seems like that was the only part of your identity that they were accepting at that time. So exactly. Like I'm holding on to that little nugget yeah, of like something good. Yeah, like something, yeah. And my little sister, 
realized that I wasn't responding. So she was really upset. And she ran into my dad in the kitchen. She goes, no, dad, Cameron. And then when I changed my name to Roman, same thing. She doesn't call me Cameron anymore. Because, like, my other siblings, they still have issues with calling me my birthday. Yeah. I still have to correct them. But it's really the older ones I had to worry about. My one older brother, so weird. We never really got along as kids. And then I came out and super close now. Maybe he has something that he's holding, too. Right. So he's got, like, that camaraderie with you. Well, the other thing that comes to mind is maybe he's respecting the process that you're going through. I kind of had a similar situation. Not like that. I wasn't Mm -hmm. like, I'm a boy. It was more like, I was seven years old and I was on the playground. And I was like, wow, I really like that girl. I really want to kiss her. And I'm like, whoa, what does that mean? Mm -hmm. And then another, a boy, our other friend walked by and I looked at him. I'm like, could I kiss him? And I'm like, no. And it's almost like you don't know what to do. So you just tuck that in your pocket until you have the words to describe it. Mm -hmm. I I do want wonder if maybe he's respecting the process that you're going through that wow you really are finding yourself so let's get behind this why not as I got older I was like no this has been too long well it seems like it's a process you kind of take one step at a time Mm -hmm. like at first when you realize it yourself you're like oh shit and then the older you get and the more things you go through it's like oh okay I can take this next step because it's not as overwhelming as it seemed that long ago. When I had first come out, that was what the argument started as, was my name. Something's gotta give, I can't keep going by that name, it's hurting me, I know it's hurting me now, I know what the trigger is and I can't keep going by it. And so my mom and I got into an argument, she was like, I gave you that name, it's a beautiful name, why don't you like that name? Why are you rejecting this? You're rejecting me! And in the moment, my argument was not cohesive. If I had been able to explain things better, it would have maybe gone better. Who knows, right? I was just going to say, but that's really hard to tell, too, because it's all the hindsight. I could have done it better, but could I have? Like, mm. would they have been more responsive to the information? Probably not. I just, You're still telling them, you know. Something like, crazy. Exactly. You're still saying, like, this is something that I am not, and it's something that you have tried to force me to be for so long, and I just can't do it anymore. Yeah. I've heard some parents in the support groups actually refer to it as the death of one child and the birth of a new one. That kind of helps in the healing process, but there's no right way to do it. Like, you, right. you could say, no, it's because I am a boy, or you could have a philosophical argument, <laughs> you could cite your sources, <laughs> and they still are not going to hear you any differently. You sparked something in me, Jen. And and I want to bring this up. I really want to get your opinion on this. I've told Jen about this person that I dated for like a hot second. So I had this really good friend growing up. He was gay. Mm -hmm. His sister, lesbian. I always had a crush on her. She's a few years older than me. Well, it got to a point where somehow we started hanging out with each other. And like I said, dated for like a second. When we were together, she had said things like, I don't feel like myself in my own skin and I really want to cut my hair but I don't want it to like be this huge thing and so I was kind of encouraging her like look do you girl anyways we went our own ways it was a couple years ago and I was at the store and I looked over and I was like that person looks super familiar and he recognized me and I was like excuse me who are you and he was like I go by now and the reason I bring this up I want to get your opinion on it because I was with this person when she was a female and I was so attracted to her and it was so hard for me in the sense that I felt like the person I knew died and then when I met yes it was the same person but visually it was so different I mean but also mentally and emotionally right like it just you everything changes when you introduce a hormone to mm-hmm. the situation I right mean, your brain chemistry changes right so know? it was weird it was like this person that I knew and this person that was totally new to me what are your thoughts on that everybody is different everybody's going to have their own struggles but I think it's very important 
to listen and it's gonna sound painful when someone says well I'm just really sad that you're not the same person it's gonna hurt it's gonna sound offensive but what you have to understand as the person who is coming out is that to them for 17 years I was my dad's daughter so when I was leaving the house and he said I will never see you as my son it's because in that moment that was his true belief because in that moment his brain was trying to process that his daughter was like dead. He was like, I don't understand. Why would she say this to me? Why would she say this to us? Why would she do this to us? It's like hearing that somebody you love has been in a car accident. You go through all those seven stages of grief. He was convinced that I was gonna change, like change entirely, like that I was going to become a completely different person. Oh, you're gonna look like oh, me. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and he was trying to, yeah, he was trying to scare me out of it. When I started doing hormones and my voice started dropping because I was scared to come back around, you know? I was like, oh, I can imagine. My voice is dropping. I'm growing a beard. I'm afraid because yeah. they, they invited me down for Thanksgiving and this had been like, I don't know, a month into hormones. Okay. Right? The first time they invited me back down to a family event. You and know? the voice thing happens pretty quick, right? Yeah, it was pretty, it wasn't super low, but it was, it was pretty low. It was like crack. a month yeah, in, yeah. Was, it was noticeable, right? Well, it's different for everyone. Yeah. Like some, sometimes your changes are just, poof. It's still deepening, to be honest, but like it got pretty low in the first six months. I feel like it's important to remember, this is me speaking to people who are trans or people who are like maybe non-binary. It's going to hurt when someone says that they miss the old you, because I get that still that people yeah. miss the old me. But what's important is to remember that showing them that the new you, quote unquote, is just as fun, just as happy to be around. And if anything, if it's like anything like my experience, better Happier. than the old you. Because the old me was angry. It's and like, your personality is still the mm -hmm. same. You're not a completely no, new person. I don't suddenly... <laughs> The same goofy, the same personality, the same sense of humor, the same wit, like exactly. that doesn't change and a lot exactly. of people misconstrue, oh, you're physically changing, so you're obviously, everything is changing. Yeah. It's like, maybe the way I approach things and think and physically, but you're still the same person. Exactly. So you did touch on being an angrier person before the transition. Where do you think that stemmed from? What do you think changed for you that helped you start letting go of that anger? What I noticed was when I moved out, a lot of things got better. I wasn't so intertwined with my family. I learned that like, oh, we don't have to be pissed about that. Yeah. That's a really stupid thing to be mad about. And so like I did start learning like normal coping mechanisms just in general. Right. But the, fe the, the feeling was still there. And that's what sucked is like I hate that feeling of just that boiling anger oh, that sucks. I don't want. So when I started tea. And tea is testosterone. Testosterone, yeah. Okay. It took about... About two weeks into it, I noticed that like little things that used to get me didn't get me anymore. Oh. And I was like, that's really weird. I just started getting mellowed out. And like my whole life, I had been on, see, they were calling them depression medications, but none of them had worked. In fact, most of them made me more angry. One of them made me so insane that I actually blacked out and I didn't know what I was doing. And my mom had to recount and she almost took me to a mental institution. Oh, wow. So, and this was prior to taking... Yeah, this was when this I was This was like when you were young. Okay, gotcha. 17. When no, you were, 15. Yeah. When you were taking the meds the doctors prescribed mm -hmm, you. Okay. Yeah. So, like, I stopped when I turned 17. I was like, nope, I'm not taking meds anymore because my whole life I've been trying and none of them have worked. So, when I first started taking tea, I think it was exactly what the doctors wanted to happen, but I had never experienced it before mm -hmm. because every other medication had made me more angry. So, I was like, wow, that's how that's supposed to feel like when your chemicals are starting to realign and you're okay. So, what are some of the other changes you've noticed since starting tea? <laughs> So I've been on it for almost two years. Okay. And about 
six or seven months ago, I was in the doctor, and to give some backstory, when I was three, I fell off of a porch and I broke uh, the part of my skull right in front of your frontal lobe, Damn. which is, you know, everything about you. <laughs> Just your behavior center, yeah. it's fine. <laughs> and I went to the doctor because I was having headaches. This was like flash forward, you know, seven months ago, and I, I go in and they, they take an MRI and the doctor comes in and he's just like all casual and whatever and he's like, so your brain looks normal and I was like, you're gonna have to go back. That it always, always looks like a dark spot where something's not firing okay. all the time. And I was like, well, the only thing I can think of is about a year and a half ago, almost, I started testosterone yeah. treatments. And he was actually really respectful. He was calling me he the whole time. He asked me yes. my preferred name. He was super awesome to begin with. So when he heard that, he was like, did you have any like brain scans before this? And I was like, yeah, I think like maybe a year before that. And so he found the other brain scan I had have. And he was like comparing them. And he's like, I cannot tell you that this is what is happening because I'm not gonna like medically lie to you. But he was like, you know what it looks to me? He's like, it looks like your brain is almost repairing itself because it's getting the hormone that it needs. The, yeah. yeah, that your body's yeah. not producing. producing. So then here, take this and yeah. it'll substitute it. Well, what they thought had been hurt was my ability to rational. That is so, totally makes sense. Yeah. Well, with anger. the anger yeah. part, mm -hmm. I really wanted to touch on this because we had talked about it before. And I mean, essentially, I mean, to sum it up, Basically, you had this dark spot in your brain from when you were little and possibly could have been a big part of what was making you angry. I mean, I know there's other things. Right. Absolutely. But then it's like you start taking the testosterone and your brain is like, oh, this is what I needed. Mm -hmm. So. Well, and how cool that it was in your behavior center. Like. Oh, absolutely. It like as it's healing and you're also becoming whole you, like everything that you are meant to be that you're also like calming down and chilling out mm -hmm. and I think that's incredible settling yeah. in yourself it's really fucking cool you can look at we could sit down and study a group of people all of their history written out feel like we know everything about it you know all the issues everything they're fighting it doesn't become real until you actually have a face to that mm -hmm. to that cause to that person to that yeah. information yeah to make it real it's absolutely. not just a thing it's yeah, this is so this is affecting is a, somebody absolutely so there's absolutely like you have personal accountability to educate yourself for real mm -hmm. you do but I feel like when you're doing that and you're reaching out and you're answering the questions that people have you're also putting a face a friendly face saying hey like I'm, I'm good. Like, <laughs> it's not that scary. And we're going to have this conversation right. and immediately starting to knock down those biases and those, those mm -hmm. disbeliefs because there isn't a lot of visibility. I had seen you before at the trap and I was like, huh, this person's very interesting. Yeah. And I kept seeing you and I was like, huh, I really want to know what this person's story is. So I'm really glad that you decided to come and do this with us. Mm -hmm. yeah. The most important thing about this, you know, just doing this podcast, even having you on here is that it is a conversation. It's not coming at you in a negative way. It's mm -hmm. more like, listen, let's talk about it. Mm -hmm. Let's have a conversation. I want to hear your side so I can disregard those stupid articles that I read and actually get a hands-on experience, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah, exactly. But you would approach that that way. How has dating gone? I mean, we're touching on that subject. Yeah. Um, dating's been so weird, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah. When I was first on TV, I knew I liked guys. Because in the, in the beginning, I was like, do, am I allowed to call myself gay? Is that offensive to gay people? Should I just oh, not wow. put a face on it? Like, I was afraid. And so it was really hard because, like, I would keep dating these straight guys, and then these straight guys would be like, it's so great because you've got all the things I like, which, like, <gasps> 
I can call you a guy, kind of. I had a partner thinking he was being all romantic. Say that to me. Well, now I know that you don't see me as a man. What yeah. you see me as is a sex object that you call he sometimes. People say that there's like a whole group of people that like that's their jam. Strictly dating trans men or women, whatever, yeah. whatever their preference is. But like actually objectifying you as a whole person and not necessarily even as a person, but as two opposite sexes. Yeah. Like, that's I'm horrible. I'm objectifying yeah. you twice and, and you fun. don't get to know where I'm at yeah. with it really until I slip and say something really fucking dumb like that. I feel like most of the guys I've met, it's a fetish because they, they don't say it outright, but they have the same mentality as that partner that's I have. Fun. But there are so many trans people out there that I've talked to that are into that. It, to them, it's not objectifying. To them, they're like, this is hot. And I'm like, you know what? There are people out there for each other. Well, I, mean, I guess you see that in the straight community too. My question is, you identify as a gay man. Right. So, has that been hard dating in the sense that, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be real, you don't have a dick. Right. You, you're taking testosterone, it's going to elongate your clitoris, whatever happened. I don't, I, I'm not familiar with it. <laughs> good, so, good, so listen, what, I, what I'm saying is, does that make it difficult when you go into dating a gay man? I'm assuming you'll have to have the conversation like, look, I don't have a dick, mm -hmm. but I, I still am a man. Have you found it difficult to date gay men? So when I date straight guys, I'm like, oh, I'm uncomfortable. I'm not safe here. When I date gay men, I was surprised like how they were able to be like, yeah, you're still a guy. Like I didn't really have a lot of bad experiences with the past few partners I've had. Most of them were just little flings. They weren't anything serious, but like I did have one gay man experience that was a little bit hard. For the most part, they've been great. In fact, I've learned a lot about myself, what I like sexually because of gay men. They're still willing to be like, I want to please you. Couldn't you also say like, shouldn't that be a conversation we all should be having? Oh, yeah, no, you know, for what sure. What are you comfortable with? What are you not comfortable with? Consent yeah. should always be the first thing on the table. It should be the first thing you write on the paper when you're getting to know somebody like that is. And you should be talking about yeah. sex with the people you're going to have sex with. The moment that was bad for me was the moment I didn't have a conversation. Interesting. So what happened was... He was super great. He wasn't a dick necessarily. He just was misinformed, you know? Yeah. And we go to his apartment or whatever. And we're hanging out and we're having a moment. And then all of a sudden he just stopped. And I'm like, okay, cool. We're, we're done. But, you know, we go outside. We're having a conversation. And all of a sudden he just like looks at me and he goes, I just think I'm really gay. So dismissing your gayness. I was like, what he should have said. But what he didn't say because he was not sure how to word it was he's a bottom. When we get older and when we're in relationships, you really start to understand that half of the communication you have with somebody is not necessarily about you. It's about their insecurities that are coming out in an awkward way. Mm -hmm. And it's like, right, how are we going to move past this? I feel like people are under the impression that trans people are also asexual. And I'm like, that is not some the bullshit. case. Like, just because you're trans doesn't mean there's anything about your body you're uncomfortable with. I think it's a very dangerous mind space to put someone in to say that you have to hate yourself to be trans you don't you don't have to hate something about yourself to be trans yes it is a common denominator yes it is something that most trans people go through but hey every brain is different but at the same time i'm like if you never get surgeries if you never start hormones you live in your most comfortable like your most comfortable self is still the body you were born in but like you identify male or female or whatever because as long as you're not hurting anyone which I feel like is hurting someone when you tell them they have to have dysphoria. Do you, you know? Well, 
It doesn't make you less trans. Is exactly. What you're do you feel that way? Like, do you, when you go out in public, are you concerned about do I pass, or are you more concerned about how you're feeling yourself? Or do you feel like that's a na- also a negative? I feel like what's important is that people don't assume that every trans person feels the same. I think that is a gatekeeping mind space. And so in that regard, the do I pass question, not every trans person is like, I gotta pass to be valid. However, I do have those days. It's very fluctuating. So it's like mostly an internal thing. Right. Um, so like, but think about it. You've fought that your whole life. Exactly. Like, how do you voice down? It's not like it's just going to go away. Exactly. So you almost have to like deprogram yourself. To exactly. I feel like for me personally, I have those days where I'm like, do I pass? But it's not like a constant not at your forefront. Because sometimes I overdress like a nice shirt that's like a button down and I wear my binder and I wear all these things that like someone's going to look at me and be like, well, that's probably just a gay guy. On that note, just really fast, I think it's super important for some reason. There are so many people out there that are like, only trans people can experience body dysmorphia or dysphoria. That's like you saying the exact opposite. Like, it's like saying all trans people are not valid if they don't have it. Yeah. To bring it back around to me, because it's about me, I'll do it. <laughs> I can relate to this. I grew up with huge tits. She still got... I mean, I, I, mean, they're, they're, I, I was yeah. well endowed, but it was to the point where I was like rail thin and my breasts were massive and no matter how much exercise I did I I just couldn't get rid of them Mm -hmm. and it was always a sore point I never felt comfortable with myself until the day after I woke up from my breast reduction surgery and I was like wow I feel like this was the person I was meant to be Mm -hmm. so I can totally attest to that it's not just trans people it's anybody in general but have you noticed that even in our own community where we almost have to put another member of the community down to lift ourselves up? A lot of cattiness that happens. I, I find myself doing it, it unfortunately. Yeah, and then I, I have to all do. and then I have to catch myself yeah. and be like, wait, wait, wait. Yeah. I have issues as well. I need to stop projecting them onto yeah. other people. Yeah. Why am I having an issue with this in this moment? Exactly. And it has nothing to do with this person. Right. It's like, my fucking issue. So you've mentioned your dog a few times, Apollo. Mm-hmm. This is a service dog, correct? Right, because I have PTSD. It's pretty bad. It was getting better, but it recently came back and a lot of my triggers kind of became problems again. So I got my current prospect and now he's a full service dog and he's great. Mm-hmm. What kind of dog? He is a Samoyed mix. He actually helps a lot. Ever since he came back from training, he's been so just on the ball. He really helps me. Like If I'm in the middle of a panic attack, I don't realize that he's watching me and he'll come over. How old is you the know? dog now? He's a year. Okay. Um, like almost a year and a half. It can be pricey purchasing those dogs, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, not only purchasing, but training. training. Tell me a little bit about that. I bought him. He was $700 himself. Training cost me $6,500. So, you yeah. know, and I'm still paying for that. We touched on the fact that you are now on the testosterone. How often do you take that? And what are some of the mental aspect of some of the changes? What are some of the physical changes that you like and love and hate that you've noticed? So I researched for about a year the changes that happen when you do tea, but of course you're not going to know what changes you'll get until you do it. Because your voice lowering is not a guarantee. Some men don't notice it at all. Mm -hmm. Or facial hair, not a guarantee. Puberty roulette is basically what it is all over again. 
What I didn't know is like when things change, it's so gradual that you might actually start liking it over the course of the like the, the slow time it happens because what you weren't comfortable with didn't like, like for instance, I learned about the beard. I was totally down for that. But then I also learned about body hair just in general. And I was like, yeah. I wanted to ask you about the body hair. Like yeah. you're letting yourself be. Mm-hmm. Was that hard? Like I am at, cause as girls, I'm like, I gotta shave my, I gotta shave my entire body before I go on this date. Yeah. Like. Gotta feel like a seal. <laughs> Sealed lipstick. I had a lot of that residually too, cause I, you know, I spent my whole life trying to be a woman. The one thing I will say, uh, I'm getting shoulder hair now. Oh God. <laughs> How does that make you feel? I don't like that. <laughs> I have gotten a little bit of chest hair, which I'm down for. I got a really dark, happy trail, which I'm also down for. The top of my legs used to be so baby smooth. I've always had my love handles and then I started tea and I wasn't really working out I was just doing my job and I, I just started losing weight like super fast I was always 180 pounds I'm now like 140 I don't ever really go above that another weird change that I'm really excited about is my hands when I started seeing the veins in my hands so I know we touched on animosity that happened in your family how has that changed since you have come out and tried to still develop a relationship with so I know I mentioned that my dad told me he would never see me as a son. And flash forward, we were celebrating Christmas again together. I went upstairs talking to my parents. He's in the cupboard, he's looking through stuff, and then all of a sudden he panics and he like hides whatever he's looking at. He looks into my mom and he goes, are any of these for him? And I was like, it was me he was talking about. And then my mom was like, no, none of them are for her. And my dad oh. was like, him? And corrected my what? mom. That's cute. And so he trailed me and he comes in and he's like, I realized when you needed me and when I was supposed to be there for you, I wasn't. He just pulled a 180 and he's just like, I realized that I, I didn't give you a safe space. He was really quick to start calling me he. It's amazing. When I changed my name to Roman, <laughs> go this, that's a little bit new because Cameron was a lot closer to my birth name. So it was a little easier. Still started with a K and that's the letter they were used to. So it was really incredible. And then my mom kind of, she still has her issues. She's still learning. We don't really talk a lot, so I think that's why. Mm -hmm. Is we don't talk enough for her to be like constantly using it in sentence. Right. But yeah, the rest of my siblings, you know, my older siblings, my brother, when he got off of his mission, he was like, oh yeah, yeah, I know why you changed your name, but I'm still going to call you. And then he used my birth name. Ooh. And at this point, I had been out for almost a year using Cameron. I wasn't used to the other name at all so that was jarring as hell oh i bet uh but then we had a, a heart to heart with her and he's like you didn't tell me you wanted to be seen as a guy but when i had explained it that way he was like i'm gonna try it was father's day recently right it was my birthday on the 18th and then a little bit after that it's father's day and so i was like hey dad um happy father's day i hope you're doing well and whatever and he was like hey thanks buddy happy belated birthday son I'm lucky in the sense that my my family came around pretty quick. I don't take that for granted at all. I imagine going through these changes makes you look at your family in a different light. It can, yeah. Whether that's positive or negative. I'm curious. I want to know two ways that you've grown personally since going 
through this journey that you're currently on? I think the first big way is that I've been able to become a more calm individual. I've been able to rationalize better. And it's just, a, it's a big thing I've noticed in my life for me. And the other thing that I've noticed is I have really learned how to take accountability. Explain that. Well, so like when I was younger or more like a year ago, maybe a little over two years ago, I've learned about myself is something I used to do is whenever I would get angry, I would throw daggers. I would be like, yes, but you did this and that's why I got mad. Oh, I yes, see. Yes, but it was your fault I screamed at you. It was your fault I hit you. It was your uh... fault this happened. And I would just deflect that ownership of what I had done. Being authentic isn't just like living as a man. It's learning how to handle traumas. It's learning how to make sure that I don't project. You don't live your most authentic self overnight. That's growth. It's painful it is raw yeah i mean it just knocks you down to your core and and it's very humbling your mm. ego checks the fuck out where do you see yourself in five years so i want to be someone who i want to be more of an activist you know right now and what's going on it's obviously i don't know deeply things but like i want to change enough that i know that i can help change other people but also in five years you know i, I want to be a homeowner i want to start fostering animals i want to I just want to be a person who creates change. You want to be the change you want to see. Yeah, exactly. So we wanted to thank Roman again for coming and having this conversation with us. He's a really good representative of the trans community. His experience was very unique to his coming out story, and it was very interesting to gain his perspective of how he handled his particular story. We were just really glad that he was able to come and he was able to tell us more about his story and his journey. We're looking forward to keeping in touch with him and giving updates as as the time goes by, but we had a really good time. So thank you for coming, Roman. Yeah, and we'd love to thank you for being so open and honest and we appreciate it. Since we recorded this episode, I wanted to share some really great news. Somebody that's very near and dear to me has officially come out. He's living his authentic life. He came out to his family this week, so I just want to do a special shout out. Lots and lots of love. I hope that your journey is just nothing but beautiful from here on out. I'd like to welcome Cade to the community. All right, so we're going to just switch gears a little bit. We want to talk about Equality Utah. Um, there's some points that we want to outline, and then at the end of the episode, we're going to give some, some resources for the trans community. If you have any questions, concerns, if you just want to know more about it, we will get you all that information. Transgender people are members of every community here in Utah, but unlike some members of the LGBTQ community, transgender individuals face unique challenges that make it harder to feel safe being their authentic selves. For many transgender people, everyday routines, from using public transportation to showing ID, can be incredibly stressful. The challenges become even greater when transgender Utahns have to navigate important life activities, like interviewing for jobs, accessing medical care, gaining education in schools, falling out employment or housing applications, or receiving fair treatment in any gender-segregated facility or government agency. In Utah, only 20% of people report that they know a transgender person compared to the 80% of Utahns who report knowing a gay, lesbian, or bisexual person. This lack of visibility leaves our transgender population vulnerable because it's a common human response to fear what we don't know. And sometimes this fear leads to discrimination, harassment, or even violence. Despite these challenges, we're making progress as a community on a wide range of issues, including the following. Safer school laws, stricter hate crime laws, 
more inclusive non-discrimination laws, passing legislation to allow transgender Utahns to change the gender marker on their birth certificates. Since these issues are still very big in our community and all over the United States, I think it's extremely important that we remember to stand up for our trans brothers and sisters. And here are some legal resources. The first one is Transgender Education Advocates of Utah, better known as TEA. Another legal resource is National Center for Transgender Equality. Another good one is Human Rights Campaign. The last one that we have here is the Williams Institute. So we'll put links to all these resources, websites, so that you can also go and get the legal help. We would also like to highlight some health options for you. You can Google anything related to the U of U. They have a great transgender program. They have amazing surgeons there. We also have World Professional Association for Transgender Health. That's wpath.org. That is a great place to go. Lots and lots of love. Thank you for listening. We really appreciate all of your support. We are hoping to be on iTunes shortly so that we can have ratings and give you better content. Please continue to reach out if you have any ideas or concerns. We will absolutely address those. You can reach out to us at conferenceconfessions at gmail.com or you can reach us on Instagram at Conference Confession. So the other thing you can do, if you know us personally, shoot us a text message, give us a call, send us a DM, whatever works best for you. We are available. Thank you very much.